Here it comes, kids. There it is. Elegant weapon, but a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an Elegant Weapon episode 392. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark. Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies here with us in the High Walker studio. It's good to be back, everybody. Hope you got your cup is ready. Oh, beautiful. A little bit of orange pico in the evening. Hope you all got your refreshments ready. I look at this. I got this uh, recently. Batman 89 Zippo. How's that? That ain't easy to find. And of course, it's out of fluid. That's the way we start things, kids. But we always go back to the BIC. I uh, hope everybody's doing okay. I hope everybody's doing awesome tonight. It's good to be back. Hope everybody's safe and uh, with everyone they love and all that good stuff. Positive sentiment around, around. We're hanging out tonight, kids, with our friends. This may, in fact, in the history of an elegant weapon, be the single most fittest podcast I have ever put together. Uh, which is kind of crazy. Everybody uh, who knows the show and knows me uh, has been paying any attention. I've uh, been on of a bit of a fitness kick the past year or so. Phase one, which was Fight Club, was accomplished. Uh, we got real lean. We got a little cut. We're doing our thing. So now we have begun phase two, Captain America, which means we're going to be working on a little bit of our uh, bulk up action. I've actually managed to book into the gym, uh, believe it or not, four days in a row which these days uh, with COVID and everything is pretty much next to impossible. Every morning I'm there at like 6 a.m. on the website, just refresh, 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 trying to reserve a spot. Every morning it's like a war between a whole bunch of people. So I'm lucky I've got in there. Shout out to Crunch Fitness up here on Hamilton Mountain. It's a good time. Good people. The reason uh, why I say that we have such a fit event going on right here, you know what? Let's, uh, let's take a moment because I'm going to expand this and you're all going to hear it and I'm going to mute it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, a bunch of strapping, handsome fellas are joining us here this evening. Um, Mr. Bob Sally out of Boston over there. Bob, you like to keep, keep fit yourself, don't you? You're looking, you're looking quite svelte these days. Oh, you know, it's therapy. I think we all uh, need to go in there and just not have to think about stuff. You know, you just put the music on and do it. So do you go to a gym or do you, are you home? I gym do. I go days? to a gym. Yeah. It's, it's a big gym and they limit the amount of people that can go in there. Yeah. We're um, at 10 right now. Wears masks, social distance, like all the equipment is, you know, they got, they got rid of like half the equipment. So it's like, you know, all the, all the, uh, where, where you had rows and rows of, um, you know, ellipticals and uh, you know, the, the running machines it's like just bum, 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 separate. So how many people? Are it's, you a, it's an awesome right gym. Now? Like there's just meatheads in there, which I love them. And you watch them work out <laughs> and like just watching them work out is motivation in itself. You know, where you're like, if that guy can do this to be a, like a incredible Hulk, you know, like I can pick up a little bit of heavier weight today. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit motivating. Right. <clears throat> but uh, then, you know, working with Ken, you know, where he's always posting his running and, uh, you know, 
And then it makes me feel like I'm running slow. And then he's like, <laughs> but it's like, you're a fireman. Like you have to run with like a person on you. Well, that's what I was going to say. You're out of the Boston area as well there, Ken. And uh, you are in fact a firefighter, meaning you're probably a little in shape. Yeah. Uh, it's not required. We got some pretty <laughs> fat guys in the kind of fat slob firefighter from like something about Mary in the beginning. They have the fat slob fireman that comes in and, separates the uh, franks and beans <laughs> how often do you have to like show that you're like physically capable of performing the job is there like a retest or a you know? nah, not here no <laughs> really <laughs> so you just get the job let yourself completely safe. go <laughs> i could tell stories for days a 48 year old man who passed his test 20 years ago <laughs> pretty much yeah it could be i love it hey seniority right that's what it's there for so we also got from uh, our own neck of the woods over here, the one, the only, the ultimate beast, most savage of a human being, Mr. Fearless Fred Kennedy. How are you tonight, Fred? Good, man. You reminded me, I didn't book my spot for next Friday morning at the gym and now I'm waitlisted. I forgot to do it. And then I heard you talking about book and I was like, oh man, I could see too, so. it sucks, right? You'll look, it'll be like, I have to do mine 22 hours before. So we got a week. It's a week. You can One do week that exactly. So if you're in at nine a.m. on Friday, you got to book at like between nine and nine o five the the week before because it's a small little boutique gym and okay. like you're saying, only ten people allowed in. So everyone's scrambling for those times. Is this Heroes? Yeah, I train like Heroes. Yeah. That's yeah. Insane. Yeah. Ours is uh... Say again. No, it's pretty insane that you have to book that far out a whole week away. Yeah. yeah, but it's like what's great though is that only the like the, the softcocks don't ever bother booking. So everybody that <laughs> yeah. like anybody that's there wants to be there. And so we're running like group classes and it's everyone's like chirping and calling each other out to like go harder and it's awesome. Like the vibe in there right now is like there's no cause sometimes you get in there and there's like the one guy who signs up to do like this hit class and he's really only there because he wants to do like some bench press and it's like that guy's gone it's like everybody yeah. that's in there is like going all out on their deadlifts and the next they're going all out on the thrusters and it's like everyone's just going it's awesome it's I've a great of, vibe right now i've kind of seen that too it's funny though that we have to do it like you can't go beyond the 22 hours so every day at that time literally you know there's a, dozens of people sitting at their phones or at their laptops and on a daily basis trying to book in just for the next day and it's fucking maddening i tell you it's the crucible man you try to work out at home but it's just not the same you know what i mean you, we should we could work out online together we we're supposed to do that in the summer we'll work out me and you we'll it was it cool though because after you came on the show we had that fitness episode and i was just wanted to like kind of talk about the whole thing and our like techniques and stories and everything and you came ready to go you came like you had your camera books, set <laughs> you were dressed you were ready to go and i felt so bad because i would have totally been ready to go but then you kind of started doing some cool after that where you're kind of doing like, was it every Wednesday or something? You were kind of doing a little like kind of fitness video. You were yeah, it was, it was like trying to do like uh like some social content for my day job at Q107, just doing like a fitness video and not doing like a workout, but showing exercises that you can do at home with really simple gear and focusing on like the techniques, like the big four, like the things that people say they're gonna do 
and then they do them all wrong and how you can really get hurt, but like really simple strict motions and movements like that. But with, with not a lot of gear was the, was the focus of those. I want to, when things get back to normal, I really want to come out and have a session at your gym because okay. between you're you and Dave welcome. Bishop and everything I see online, people just love that spot. Like it's a super motivating, like joint that people just love going to. Yeah. There's one squat rack with all kinds of really cool, uh, Neil Adams art in front of it. Really? That's my jam. That's where I go to. It's way better than the one with a mirror. Like that's the best one. <laughs> Come on, man. That's cool. That's cool. So, uh, Bob, you've brought us all together tonight for some sort of uh, particular celebration. Tell us what's going on, Bob. Well, I mean, the celebration, I guess you could say, is uh, the book that uh, Ken and I finally finished and we did a Kickstarter for that ended back in February of 2020. Is finally getting delivered to people like this week. So it's been unreal how long, you know, COVID backed this book up. This book has been like, I think it was in China. It was on a ship. It was on a deserted island with Tom Hanks. It got <laughs> off. Is that like, what the delays were? It was just yeah. like shipping and like. Yeah, that- well, it was just, I think like during COVID, like nothing was coming out of China. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. no way to get the book out. <clears throat> and I mean, obviously, because like, you know, with Kickstarters, we've all backed them. Uh, you can post updates, you can talk to the backers. So we were in constant con- like contact with all the backers. We were most of them, except, uh, you know, like my best friends that, you know, aren't even into comics. They're just buying it because like they're trying to support me. Like they're the only ones that like were giving me a hard time. Uh, but everybody was really cool. Everybody understood, you know, the way the world was right now. And, you know, we said like, you know, it's overseas and we can't, like, it's not coming out, uh, hey, but we'll can- keep them updated. And then when it did though, when it finally did like leave the country in a shit, like, you know, this, the, the shipping freight freighter, it was like, you know, it was, it left China. It ended up in like the Philippines. Like finally it was like, you know, we got word that tomorrow it is going to be, you know, in a port in California. And then like the next day, it's like, nah, it's gonna be tomorrow. And then every day was like next week. And it was like, does anybody know where these books are? When the books finally showed up, was it like you saw in like the old movies and stuff where it just had like stamps and stickers from like yes, all exactly. every different state and country? Every it's country. Like, a, like an old like, trunk. Exactly. <laughs> Somehow went through Antarctica. <laughs> but uh you know but it, it's been an awesome like honestly like going through all of that like it's been an awesome week because people like are posting pictures of it uh the book i mean like you've seen it like the cover is a nick Trigato cover um and it looks amazing it's my first hardcover uh ken i believe it's your first hardcover it's like yeah. kind of special having a hardcover um, yeah that's true i haven't realized you haven't had a hardcover by now right and it's exclusive like i got people saying like people are seeing it and they're like, how can I get that? And, you know, I'm like, that was a one time like exclusive to Kickstarter. It was basically like our way of, you know, we had the book, the book was done. And then we just were like, let's get it out to people. Like rather than waiting, you know, two years to put it out on in previews world, like let's do a 15 day Kickstarter. Right. And just like, kind of like a no frills. Like I got this Nick Dragata cover. Like he, he okayed us to use it. For a Kickstarter, I was like, let's just make it special. And uh, again, like people are getting it. Um, Travis told me, you know, he said he like he was like it's one of the best books that we've put together that I've seen. Like it looks 
amazing. Like, you know, Josh, like Josh put in all these little extra little bells and whistles in that, you know, like the experience of the book, I think is going to be really nice. Josh has be- been doing some cool stuff lately, man. There's a few things yeah. that I've seen that he's been kind of pushing his creative boundaries there and there's been some cool results coming out of it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the book we're talking about shelter division, which has a bit, shelter of, a, division, yes. bit of a history to it. So why don't you uh, tell us uh, where that book came from, what it spun out of and the universe it exists in. Yeah. So shelter division, what I was writing salvagers and the artist that I was working with, he was like, he took like eight months to do one issue. So, you know, I'd write the script and he'd have it. And then, so I wrote the whole first volume of salvagers, but like, you know, any writer, you're like, all right, I want to, as I'm waiting for this art to come in, I wanted to write something. And I had three different like ideas of stories that none of them were really clicking. Uh, I had one story about, I wanted to talk, tell about this alien that was stranded on earth and he saw like, it was like a prison for him because he knew how big the universe was. And he wasn't anybody special in like, you know, his alien culture, but being here on earth, like he was like one of the most, like he was just so super intelligent, right. uh, but it just wasn't working for me. And then, uh, you know, I had a few other ideas. And then one day I just thought like, if I put them all together and they all just seemed to work as sub characters in a bigger story. So I, you know, I, I, called it shelter division where it was these characters that didn't really have a place in our society that joined this government organization like the secret government organization as refuge in our sanctuary but as the story goes on you see that it's not really what what it seems it's not you know the the, the secret government organization uh although you know some of the characters see it differently than others um, you know, one of them, one character might see it as sanctuary. And these are the, the, you know, my family where the other one is looking at everybody as these are my wardens. These are my prison guards. So, um, as I wrote it and, you know, and like, as we could, like I outlined it, it was really interesting to me to see how, you know, one entity or one organization could be viewed so differently by different characters and then expand on like who those characters are and, like what their backgrounds are and where they came from and why they feel that way, why they feel so different about this uh, organization. Right. right. Um, so we, uh, you know, I started working on the book and this was, um, I didn't have a publisher for it. And I had just started talking to uh, Gary Reed and he told me, he was like, you should really talk to source point press. Uh, and then, you know, that's when, you know, C2E2, first time I met you. That was the best year, man. McIntyre, that was Casey my first Spears, year Greg out Wright. there, and that was magical. And it felt weird because you were yeah. off at the booth for that other publisher you were with, yeah. and SourcePoint wasn't too far away. And it was weird because every no, time... they were like, I could see them. I met you, we hit it off, you were awesome, and then everybody else met you and hit it off. So it was weird every time to walk by you it kind of almost felt already like you should have been over there with us should have been over there. and every time you looked at you you were kind of like peeking around the corner peeking, oh god i remember i, I remember be being there. there and i remember thinking like <laughs> i saw what they were doing and i thought that exactly that like i thought yeah. I was like, that's where i, I want to be over there yeah which um, yeah. so then I, I pitched the book i pitched the idea to travis and he loved it and then you know later on he was kind of like so when you know when are you thinking like we can maybe bring salvagers over and I was just like, I, 
and me, I was thinking, like, I was like, they were really um, horror. Uh, and At I didn't time, think that he yeah. would even want uh, Salvagers because it was sci-fi. But then more, he said, he was like, we want to really start expanding on it. I got to say hi to my mom. My mom just said hi to me. I saw that there too. And just let me say, uh, kids, lately, once in a while, the Zoom's been cutting out. If it does and one of us or all of us freeze, just give it 10 seconds. I, I click over, I press a button, I click back, and then it's good to go. So anybody watching, anybody involved, you guys, just know if that happens. Drina just and wait Crystal a second. Hope and my mom. Yes, it's uh, Drina, Crystal, Lori. Is, that's your mom? Lori, Lori Sally. Yeah, that's my Hi, mom. Hi, Lori. It's nice to meet you. So we've I talked. Like my mom and Sean Daly's mom need like go out and have drinks at like, you know. Have you met her yet? Oh my God. Yeah. She's okay. Amazing. I didn't know if you'd met her in person yet or not. She's, yeah, she's no, a doll. She's a doll. Absolutely. That whole fan. You can tell why he's such a doll. Cause she's such yeah. a doll. Right. Um, we talk about this a lot when you come on, because one of the, one of the things I really like about you and your work is your team building and everything you do, you go into. And from the front, even from before you've written it, once you've got your idea or your story, you're already thinking about who could be contributing to this thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as you go along, you know, it's the way you've, you've always worked. You came in and uh, I've always admired that. But beyond that, you came to Canada one day and just fell in love oh, and yeah. have injected yourself into the scene here, to be honest, dude, in like a, a kind of a subvertive way, uh, like no one else has. Right. Cause like you instantly, you and Sean, you join this partnership and start creating magic for a couple of years. You meet Fred. I know you guys hit it off. And uh, Becca, of course, uh, yeah. you, know, you got some work coming out with Becca Kinsey, the wonderfully talented Becca. Um, you know, what is it? Is it the people? Is it the talent here? Oh, I mean, you guys are so damn friendly, you know? It's, no, there's more to it than that. Come on. Give me a little more. I mean, <laughs> no, you, you know have, what it you is, can't is, work uh, with three straight Canadians in a row and just there'd not be something. So living in Boston, um, you know, it's, we don't have a big, strong creative community here. Did you guys you know, like know each other before Source Point? Community. Sorry, did you and Ken uh, know each other beforehand? No? No. He, okay. uh, we met, we met through Source Point Press. Okay. And luckily enough, he lives down south of Boston. Otherwise, you know, I, you know, I'd be at his house knocking on his door every day. Dropping my kids off. Awesome. I'll put them to work. But, uh, no, so, yeah, we met through Source Point Press, but I mean, the, so the Canadian, like going up there and, you know, doing Toronto Comic Con and doing, um, you know, uh, Fan Expo Canada and knowing you and knowing Sean, like, and, you know, knowing like um, Andrew Hahn and, you know, um, Bishop, like, yeah. it's just like this tight knit community that I like think that like I've thrived for uh, because there really isn't like Ken will tell you like in Boston it's scattered like there's not there's a few people and I feel like we all know each other but it's just there's no there's no getting together there's no real community um, so I think when I went up to Canada and I, I witnessed that like I just I, I love the people and I think I think it might have a little do with the fact that I do think you have an eye for talent and I've always stated this. I've talked to you about it, Fred, and we've talked about the reasons why and the history and the legacy and the education. Mm -hmm. But not only do does this area, Southern Ontario, have one of the tightest knit communities, it's got one of the most talented. It's got yeah. one of the most educated. It's got one of the most, uh, you know, historic. There's a huge legacy all the way through it. 
And I don't know, it seems like you just spotted something there and well, slid it's right funny, in, man. Because like you introduced me to Becca and I read her book and yeah. I met her. Like we we talked at the bar uh, Saturday night and I could I could tell like she's going places. Like this girl has that writer, it's, you know, that singer songwriter talent. And uh, and then like a year later, she's nominated for a Schuster. She, or she did, she, she won the Schuster. Did she win? I don't know if they've been announced I yet. She, I know she, she was nominated. She's nominated though. So, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of her. Like she's just, she's got that, you know, that Sean Daly type work ethic, you know, like um, she's got her own style and she's really receptive to, you know, feedback. Uh, and I think that maybe that's what it is. Like, cause you know, I think in the comic book community, is a lot of people want feedback, but they're, you know, they, they have a hard time sometimes taking it. And, you know, the people like, you know, the Sean Daly's, the Becca's, uh, you know, they, they're like, when they're asking for feedback, like they don't want somebody to blow smoke up their ass. Like they really want, they want to know, like, tell me what sucks about it. (laughs) Like, cause I want to fix that. And I remember when I started doing salvagers, I had no idea how to write comic books. So I would give it to people and be like, the people are like, oh my God, that's awesome. That's Marvel quality. And I'm like, I know it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't have to say that. Like, tell me where, like, tell me what's wrong with it. So I don't make like, so I can learn from those mistakes. Right, absolutely. Uh, and I feel like that's, you know, when you meet somebody like that, you know, you want to work with them because you feel like we're, I'm going to learn something from you. And, you know, you're hopefully you'll learn something from me. Right, right. And then like Fred, like Fred gave, I mean, he gave me, you gave me the first issue of uh, the book, your first comic that you did. And when I'm reading it, I'm like, this is like, this is what I want shelter division to be like. Yeah. I want that fast pace. Well, like, segue into the SPP Fred origin story here is I love let's it. Let's talk because to Ken, man. I talked talk to Ken? when you introduced me. We I was going to get Ken. to Ken. Ken's was sitting there. He's, he's got beautiful art behind him. He's having a drink. Let's talk to Ken for a minute. I'm fine. I'll sit here. I'm good. All right. You keep, you keep responding to your fan mail there. Um, <laughs> Ken, What's how up? does this happen, man? You're, you're, you're there. You're situated close. Do you get involved with SPP? Like it started a Canadian connection for you as well, having put out wretched things with Devin Wong. So, you know, you've got some Canada going back. What is your origin story as far as working with Bob here? Well, first off, I got to say, it's a little awkward knowing Bob's mom is watching this because I send him mom jokes all fucking time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to meet Mrs. Sally and I'm going to have to just apologize. I just forward them right, I forward them right to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I met Bob through SourcePoint. I actually met Devin was uh, through Comics Experience with Andy Schmidt. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we stuck, that's how we got into SourcePoint was through their uh, publishing deal. Was and- Wretched Things a comics experience book? Yeah. Yes, it was. It was? How yep. have, how does that got, get by me? I don't think it's labeled like the rest, though. It's not branded on the front with the rest, right? No. It's no the okay, that's why I'm messing. I've just never noticed it. I didn't realize it came through that, which is a very cool thing. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Fred. Uh, Andy Schmidt, uh, Marvel editor, Civil War and stuff. Uh, he's got his an online comic school called The Comics Experience. And, you know, you sign up and you pay and you take the classes. And then... 
uh, they have a deal with SourcePoint where if something happens to come out of the class that happens to be, you know, publishable and they're interested in doing so, they send it to SourcePoint, SourcePoint puts it out. There we go. There's one of those moments. Yeah, he just got paid. And there, there's how one of them moments go, just like I was telling you. Uh, what did I cut out there at... Uh, you just got paid for plugging. You just the got school. paid for, yeah. <laughs> for what? Plugging the experience? Yeah. yeah. Right comics on. experience. You can find that at comicsexperience.com. <laughs> Put in promo code Clark. Well, anyways, it's a cool deal, right? It's something a lot of things haven't happened in, uh, you know, in this way. And so anything, so then SourcePoint would publish it and put it out. So that happened with Wretched Things and a few other cool books. Um, so yeah, I guess you guys just know beforehand then, cause I first met you at Boston fan expo, Boston last year, or the year before, two years um, ago. I think it was two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. 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 So what, whose idea, Bob, do you approach Ken and say, make work on this book with Honestly, me? Honestly, like I was done with shelter division. Like my, the, the whole experience I had, uh, in the beginning of that, like, I just, I was done with it. Like, I don't want to get into it. Um, but there was just some, there was, like, there was this collaboration that just kind of didn't work out. Um, and it soured because it was the first time that I did a book where I like lost the artist. And <clears throat> you're thinking like, this is a very unique art style. How do I continue on with it? Uh, and I didn't really know that many, like, this is when I just started out. So I didn't really know that many people. And so I just put it on the back burner. Like it was done in my mind, like it was done. And then Ken, like every time we would do a convention, Ken would beg to work with me. Like he'd be like, you know, what can we do? Like, I want to work with you. He actually offered me a page rate. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, you know, Ken and I would like, I loved working with Ken. Like he and I, like, I feel like he's my long lost brother. And, um, you know, we would just talk shop and, you know, we talked about, uh, my dad's watching too. So hi dad. Um, so we just talked and I, and I said, I was like, I got this project shelter division. I told him all about it and he liked it. And, uh, I talked to Travis and, you know, uh, Ken did some, he did some pictures, you know, like, or some art stuff. So it's kind of showing our, uh, Travis, like it's going to go from like, not even like, like break. It's like going to go from a page in the, like towards the end of issue two to Ken's art. And, uh, you know, and Travis is just like, like, who cares? Nobody cares about the art anyway. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I'm like, and you know what? I got to say, he actually did say that. <laughs> so, uh, but he said, he was like, it's fine. And, you know, and I showed it to Josh too. Um, I mean, obviously like, Ken's art's amazing, but it was, for me, it was the first time where I'm like, we're going to go from like a really different um, style to another one. And is it going to interrupt, like the is it is it going to interrupt the story? Well, how does that feel on your side, Ken, coming into taking over something like that? And uh, do you feel like you have to somehow match up, or are you just like screw it? I'm going full in with my own style. I think I held it back a little bit uh, for some of the images that, or some of the the concept stuff I've done for Volume Two. I think I've pushed a little more uh, oh, some yeah. of the projects I'm working on now. I've kind of pushed my own style a little more into it. I did hold back a little bit to try and not be as abrupt, um, I guess. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've, I've, I've probably told you this before uh, when we were, you know, hanging out in Boston, but yeah, wretched things is a beautiful book. Like the, the art is just, for me, it's the colors and the tones that you put together in there. It's so warm yet, you know, evil at the same time i just i'd love what you put together with that man i don't know if devin, I, I always tell devin all the time he could have made that a prose book if you actually read the script for that book it's amazing absolutely devin's an amazing writer oh yeah the book all around is fantastic i mean he he won the prizes that he won you know the top cow prizes for a reason and yeah. the book is fantastic and uh something bob can't say you know <laughs> and if anybody wants them i've got a whole bunch because uh, yeah. we were supposed to sell a whole bunch at the Comic-Con that didn't happen last March. So those, that box is still sitting on my shelf, which is, uh, I, I see you didn't respond to that private message I sent you, Bob, the other day. Uh, which one was you that? Notice that? Because, Bob, you put that post up about Ogre being Oh, oh, sold Ogre out. sold out. You, yeah. And they're all so, like, yeah. Oh, so no, so What's so funny, I, though, and I meant to, I meant to talk to you. So Travis uh, told me that it was sold out. And I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. He goes, well, yeah, he's like, I mean, there's a, I know I have a box and I just can't find it. And then you messaged me that. And I said to Travis, I was like, I think I know where your missing box is. <laughs> I don't know if it's his box. Cause I had a, I had like several boxes at one point. Like I've had Ogre way before last March, like needing it for Toronto Comic-Con. I've had Ogre since it came out. I have salvagers. I have pretty much oh, like, cause well, you're, you come here. And the people know you and you've actually built a fan base here now. So your books are actually, you know, known and movable. So I often get many of them, right? Uh, it was Greg Wright that screwed us over because he couldn't come to the one Greg show. Greg Wright screws people over and daily. Like they, see, well, Greg, sell, it doesn't matter what show, where it is, when it's happening, how it's happening. Greg Wright is going to sell out his comic books. Like, it's just going to happen. And we don't know why. We can't figure it out. But Greg Wright, just, I don't know. He's There's something there. And you can attest to this, Bob. I know you can. Oh, yeah. There's something special. So they sent me, like, two boxes worth of Greg Wright's shit. And I have so much of it. And then he couldn't make it to this show. So I've got, if anybody out there wants some really highly discounted, full-on Greg Wright packages, please let me know. And uh, we'll see what we can do to hook you up. Um, I don't think I don't have a box worth, but um, you know, hold on to them because uh, we're we're, re we're redoing the book, you know, and so uh, wretched things in a too. Short story. That's so awesome. When, when, yeah, when that's they exciting. distribute it through Simon and Schuster. It's going to be a brand new book. Oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. We'll get we to, to that. Get Fred, we we need. I want to hear Fred's. Ben needs to get involved. Yeah, okay, either way, I've also, just like, let me say, I've change. also got a whole bunch of wretched things, people hearing us talk about it. And anybody in Canada who wants to save on shipping, because these days cross-border is expensive, don't forget, I've all, I've always got the SourcePoint North warehouse here. So if you want to get things at a cheaper price, let me know. Um, and we'll hook it up. Now, Fred, I've done what I can. See, what happened was I went and I met Travis and got to know Travis in Michigan, and I started right away. I was like, I fell in love with SourcePoint. I understood what they were doing. I spent the night talking to Josh, my very first night there, uh, Josh Werner, and I got it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is everything we need to have back home. This is exactly what back home is missing, and I just started bugging Travis. I was like, come to Toronto, come to Toronto, come to Toronto. Finally, he was like, oh, come to Toronto. So uh, they came out to do a show and it went pretty well. 
um, you know, and it grew over the four or five years or whatever to where SourcePoint, you know, is, is a presence here at shows now and the Canadian content uh, within its creators, the stable has gotten huge. And, uh, you know, it all came down to that. It was almost like a moment when, when Sean Daly and Travis McIntyre met each other. It was like a cartoon moment of like, like hearts, like just bubbling out of Travis's eyes. And as I saw it, as he was looking at his work and stuff and just talking to him, I could just be like, this is it. This is my, you know, golden goose. This is what is going to make everything I ever want to see. And, uh, you know, it went well. So, you know, but that was all hookups and I've introduced and schmoozed. Fred was the least I've had to do probably with any kind of Canadian source point uh, connection. Because I remember, Fred, we had one conversation. You were like, you're hanging out with source point. I was like, yeah. He's like, can you introduce me? I was like, yep. And I did. And that was it. And then you handled everything from then on. And I kind of saw it in your eyes too, man. I have a feeling that from the second you, uh, you know, met source point and saw what Travis and them were laying down, you kind of, you kind of dug it yourself. Yeah. Dude, this is like the third thing that I've done with source point, but it's the first one that looks like it's actually going to happen. <laughs> it's like so well, I don't know. Let's fingers crossed. So as long as, as long as it doesn't get on a freighter from China. So, I was supposed to do a book with Sean, but Sean's problem, he's, he's like when you talk about like Canadians being too nice, Sean was he we started we did the pitch when he wasn't super busy, but then when we were greenlit to do the book, he was super busy, so he couldn't do it, and then he had to back away which is awesome when somebody is like straight up and they say, I can't do it. I'm sorry. How can you get mad at someone when they say that? It's like, that's life. Right. Fuck. Stupid internet. And I was very sad and that I was a that was a gorgeous book okay and this is the wild thing kyle the artist on that who i'm still super tight with great guy there were just issues that happened um he just dropped a cover for batman for dc yeah that batman yeah. cover he dropped oh my god and then he did that book indigenous voices with marvel yeah like fantastic and he's doing a cover for me for a book i cut coming out with image that we don't want to talk about right now, but I'm just saying it's coming. Kyle's going to do a cover for it and it's beauty. So when Bob contacted me last summer and he goes, I want to work on you with something. I'm like, I have to do this because this is the third time's a charm. It has to happen this time. So what do you want to do? We start talking about shelter division and I was in oh, the middle was of doing, great, that was a great conversation too. I, Cause I, I knew I was like, I know that I want to work with this guy after we had the phone call that we had, you were on your rower. It's like, that's it. I'm like, that was, that was better. It was a better conversation than I ever expected to have about a collaboration like this. You just got off his rowing machine and he sounded sweaty. <laughs> he sounded sweaty in the conversation. It's true. It was intense. So we talked about it and, and I liked the concept. The thing that I liked the most, uh, the main character, Emmerich, being immortal it gives me a chance to like play with like historical stuff. And that's like my jam and my favorite IP, like my dream IP to write is Highlander. I think I said that immediately. Highlander. We, did. we talked about that. And oh I was my like, God. me too. Oh my God. If, 
since I okay, that is always. I met been... Adrian Paul once at a grocery store. It was one of the greatest moments Fuck of my off. life. Oh my god! Um, he was like, you could tell he was probably on something and didn't want to talk to twenty-one-year-old me, who was also on something. I was very excited to meet Adrian Paul. That was all always my dream too. I thought I wanted to remake Highlander, and I had all these. I, when I was younger, I wanted Jude Law in the role of Connor McLeod. Um, and I had some other theories and stuff, but yeah, what is it about that story, eh? That's just oh, like it's the soundtrack. The soundtrack, the soundtrack brings soundtrack. you in, like, yeah, but if Freddie anything Mercury deserves, singing that, Princess of the Universe, man, come if on. Anything deserves that to opening be comes up, and, like Madison Square Garden. Yeah, you're like yeah. wherever this thing's going, I'm on. Yeah, I think yeah. the wrestling was so bad. He went into the arcade and shut, cut off his own head. Who casts a French guy to play a Scottish guy? Like who's like, yeah. who does And then and the Scottish, the guy, Scottish to play guy, the... guy playing an Egyptian who's actually Spanish. It's the worst <laughs> casting ever. Like it's the worst casting you're ever going to see. I but always yeah, thought like, it'd be a big good reboot though, because nowadays just with the tech, like you could have it so much more sweepingly global and historic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it totally. Like, yeah. Crazy uh. cool. But we we t- we talked about it, and then it kind of it kind of sat on the back burner, which is me because I was doing like my big audio drama last year, like, and that was like my make busy project. So I did that like that Star Wars audio drama, which I loved doing and was super fun. And then when it, like it was, I just I had published the second last episode, and then I was messaging Bob, and we had a phone call, and then we talked all about it, and. It was right that phone call. We hammered out like the whole, in one hour. We hammered out the whole thing, like the whole arc got hammered out right there. And we didn't I didn't I do an edible? Yeah, tell you I was like you I was were. like and that's I'm why on an it edible. was so good because I was so like we only I'll have like maybe on. thirty minutes to forty five minutes until I'm talking total nonsense. No, that's what I was like I'll sell you on all my ridiculous ideas at the end of the call, and you'll agree <laughs> to them, and you'll think they're amazing, and then we'll do them. And so we had it all like mapped out. And then I kind of, I dove into it with like, I wanted to get it done. Like as soon as I had the idea and we're, we hammered it all out and it was all broken down. And then Ken said, he wanted two things. (laughs) He said he wanted two things in the story. And I was like, I want two things. I want two things. And he goes, I want somebody to jump out of a plane. No, okay. he wanted he wanted Biggs to jump okay. out of the Bigfoot coming out of a plane. Well, we it's there. <laughs> it's there. And so, and then he goes, and sure. I want a motorcycle chase. And I'm like, <laughs> and so then I was like, I wrote back to Bob and I go, so he wants a motorcycle chase? And he goes, he wants a motorcycle chase. I'm like, you know, that's the most comic book request ever. I'm I'm down. Can I like go full on with it? He goes, go full on with it. So the motorcycle chase to me would eat up half of a movie's budget if Michael Bay did this motorcycle. <laughs> like that's the money shot right there. It incorporates a bunch of like, because I used to play Heroes Unlimited, like the spy role playing game all the time. Like not spy superheroes, but I always make these spy guys with these cool gadgets. So there's some cool like James Bond. You want to see a secret government agency with alien technology? This is what they would have. So we wrote some, I think it's pretty rad. I don't know if you guys have gotten to like, the third and fourth issue scripts, but they're all in the, they're all in the Googles, man. You can get those. <laughs> it sounds like you guys had a blast making this. Paka Wula says he wants to work with you too, Bob Sally. Let's do it. Um, yeah, it sounds like you guys had a blast doing this, eh? 
Well, so, you know, working with Ken, so that's kind of like this, working with Ken is just fun. Like I told you, like Ken, I'll sit there, like before we started, like I'll sit there, I'll be working. And then I get, I see a Ken Perry when you get like, and it's just like image attached. And I'm like, um, I'm going to get a page here and it's a meme or, you know, and it's just like, but it's, but then like the back and forth. And like, if I don't talk to Ken, like if we don't talk for like a couple days, like Ken will just message me and he's just like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, we're like, how's Bob? And you're just like, <laughs> this guy, like you know? and, uh, and you real and you're like, you laugh. So, but you know, we, we go on, like, it's great. So then we bring Fred in the mix and we create a new chat where it's me, Ken and Fred. And I mean, obviously like, I can't say any of the things that we've talked about there, but I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, this, like Fred's either gonna quit or he's gonna be like, oh, this is, you know, this is the best. And of course he was just like, this is, this is great. So you just knew, you're like, all right, we got another, we got a third. And, uh, you know, we're like, God forbid, you know, we gotta bring, you know, HDE who does the lettering, who's like, you know, this really like proper Brit in the UK, if we brought him in, uh, he, he would quit. You're so international, Bob. Well, you know, that's, yeah, it started with salvagers. I had a, I had a French colorist, a British letterer, and my artist was in uh, Los Angeles. You know, it's, it's weird because uh, going back to, you know, lost Chinese shipments and stuff and all the worry that went down when this whole thing started – and one of the industries that has somehow flourished yet had all these explosions happen within it that have changed the game in so many ways. It's, it's the comic book industry, you know, like, yeah. like money's flowing. People want their entertainment and stuff yet at the same time, you know, things like the distribution, you know, troubles that I mean, were a happening. A year ago, beginning. Diamond stopped filling orders right like yeah like so that's like yeah. i mean i think like people like some of us in the industry were like it's over like yeah it's done <laughs> you diamond were, stopped yeah. filling orders it's over total collapse of the industry or we thought anyway right but actually it turned out to be a great thing because now you have a lot more opportunity and all, a lot more distribution channels so yeah it's crazy and speaking of that um Simon's huge here. news uh, Shyman, uh, Shyman, Shyman and Schuster, uh, <laughs> Simon and Schuster publishing a uh, new deal. Source Point Press graphic novels and prose books are now mm -hmm. going to be distributed by Simon and Schuster. That means globally anywhere that you can pretty much buy books. Uh, this is hugely exciting. Um, yeah, it, they're going to be everywhere. Like, uh, it, it seems like an idea that should have happened by now. Like I know that the, you know, Simon and Schuster do put out other kind of materials, you know, uh, not just, you know, straight it's, up novels I think it's, all the it's time. It's all but. part of the progress. I mean, I think, you know, you've been there from the beginning, like uh, source point press has just been, you know, amazingly consistently progressing and leveling up every year. And I can't think of like another thing that, would have been more fitting than the Simon and Schuster deal. Uh, and, yeah. the, and to be a writer and to be a creator that has a book where you can like the first thing about, you know, just to go sidetrack you, the first thing about like becoming like a comic book writer and self publishing is like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to self publish this book. 
I'm going to, I'm going to pay my money to make it. And then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to sell it by hand. I'm going to go into comic book shops and I'm going to, I'm going to be like, can I give you five books to sell? And a lot of the comic book shops are like, no, like not even like to take it for free. And then to like find a publisher where you're like, okay, like this publisher is going to, you know, 50 to 60 comic cons a year. So that's like a new way of distributing my book. And then for that, like that comic book publisher to be like, work out a deal with diamond where you're like, okay, now people can buy my book at any comic book shop. And now you can be like, no, you can buy my comic book at any bookstore, comic shop. Like if you want my book, there's no excuse for you not to be able to get it, you know? So that's pretty cool. Like going in and, you know, and going into like a Barnes and Noble with my kids, like, you know, monthly and like someday to be able to walk over to a shelf and be like, you know, my book is on this shelf and Barnes and Noble or, you know, it's, it's, it's a really amazing feeling as a creator that you're with some, like you're with a publisher that keeps continuously climbing up that ladder in this industry. Well, sharing the story is always the purpose it seems to be. And that's how SourcePoint started. SourcePoint started because Josh Werner had some stuff he wanted to put out and a few other people had some stuff they wanted to put out Um, rampant, which is still available out there. Kids rampant is a prose book uh, by Josh Werner. If anybody wants to check it out, it's amazing. What's the elevator pitch. Um, Oh my God. You know what? To be honest, it's been, it's been five years since I read it and I can't remember. It's werewolves. My name's Simon. I want that pitch. It's werewolves. It's a werewolf novel. Like, or, you know, which, and uh, yeah, that's all I can give you right now. There's your pitch, werewolves. Um, but he wanted to put this out and, uh, you know, Trico wanted to do something and uh, and Travis was doing Up the River with Stephen Sherrar and they just needed, you know, something to be how they were going to self-publish this. And they called that SourcePoint Press. And, uh, you know, they had that going and then Josh met Travis and Josh was so impressed by Travis. He was like, come help, you know, asked him to help with SourcePoint and stuff. Uh, cause you know, Travis, Travis wasn't there at the founding. There was the founding and then Travis stepped in very shortly after that. But yeah, it was just an excuse for them to put out the books that they wanted to at, at the time. And, uh, we're frozen again, aren't we? Oh, wait, he is frozen. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it Oh yeah, he's yeah, we're good. <laughs> I wasn't sure you do have to look for a minute and be like, no, that's okay. Um, no, you were telling him a compelling story, so I think we were all just where did I get frozen at? Uh, Travis stepped in, so Travis stepped in, and it was just uh, they just needed a reason and a name to put their books out under, they were just self publishing like anybody putting their own books out, so they you know, uh, they called it Source Point Press. And from there, it just started growing to David Hayes stepping in with the rot and a few other things and just doing shows. So it was like two Michigan because they had worked at the the Michigan Comics Collective. They all met through and that was going on, which was kind of like a Toronto Comics anthology thing uh, where, you know, it's just Michigan creators putting out Michigan stories in this anthology. And out of that kind of, you know, people who were involved with that birth source point press, but it all just came out of an excuse in, a, in the need for some sort of name to put on their books to self-publish. And ever since then, it's been, how do we get it out more? 
how do we get it out more? How do we get it in more hands? How do we get it in more hands? And that has been it. And that's why it's been, like you said, um, you said 50 to 60, but I think the last year before this shut down, I think it was like 71 shows or 74 shows or something ridiculous. And that's insane. So yeah. And then it steps up and now here's this whole other platform. That's just going to blow up the graphic novels. They're going to start getting around like just everywhere. And it's, yeah, it's crazy to think from, you know, a little six foot table at a comic con in Novi, Michigan. Uh, you know, now this right. entity I mean, is spur is you know, spawned. <laughs> it is no, definitely. I mean, like they were at C2E2, that was the last show they did in 2020, and they had that humongous 360 booth, and it was right at the entrance. You know, so to go to like not only are you saying like going from like a six foot table that's like in the back, in the back corner to being like in a 360 booth right at the front gates. Yeah, at C2E2. It's pretty crazy. Were you going to say something there, Ken? I think it's just crazy how they, SourcePoint has been able to survive the whole COVID world. Uh, everybody took a dip. Everybody took a hit. I mean, DC laid off people and SourcePoint is still going, still putting out books. I think it, I mean, not to kiss their ass, but those guys did a good job keeping the uh, the company alive. Can I can I tell you why? And I okay, I'm not speaking for Travis McIntyre. He has told me this story enough, and I've heard him tell it live enough that I know this is how he would explain it. And I think this is a big part of it: is that Travis McIntyre doesn't give a fuck because Travis McIntyre knows that he, you know, has a good background, a good life. He's got a, a whole other career that's good. You know, he's got a family and a life. And he said, and he's had no struggles in life. You know, he's had no problems with, you know, education or this and that. He's had a pretty cushy life, as he'll tell you, overall. And that has led to all of this since the beginning being like a plus. Do you know what I mean? On top of what he's already got that's good. So he will just toss anything at anything if he even has an inkling that it could work. So, you know, I mean, he's to, to get uh, Rotten Tail made, you know, I, I heard him tell this. I, I don't think I, it's OK. I tell something that he's told at a panel. Right. So we did this Rotten Tail panel at C2E2 and he explained, you know, the whole deal. And how did he get? Rotten tail made. He mortgaged his house. Didn't tell his wife. Just mortgaged his house and said, fuck it and threw it at it. And things worked out in the end. But, you know, that's the attitude that source point, you know, thrives through just fear. My wife would murder me. Like, oh, oh absolutely. Me. Absolutely. <laughs> I was sitting there at this panel and he's telling the story and I stopped him and I was like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> any, any, anybody would be killed for this. You know what I mean? Um, but and, then, and also to interrupt you, like that movie right now, you can watch it on Amazon prime. Yes, you can go like, watch it. Right. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And don't watch it with the kids, but watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, fun. Definitely. A fun one. 
it's that whole, but you know, the whole point is though, it's that attitude of fearlessness of like, just be being willing to try things that have never been tried. And they basically were at a point where it was like, okay, we've, we, we, we were supposed to do all these comic cons. What are we going to do? Cause you got all this money set aside, right? They've got the budget done. They've got, you know, Matt, Matthew Noel, brilliant financial wonder man has come on and done a lot of great things as well. So things are in a good spot where, you know, what are we going to do? Well, I guess you take all that Comic-Con money and you sink it into existing online, I suppose, right? And they instantly went to, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, stores one-on-one and starting to build relationships and giving deals. What was the deal in the beginning, Bob? Um, they, were, they were giving books away. To they were giving books and money yeah. basically away to the to the shops. They were given uh, packages of books to comic shops for comic shops to sell. Yes, but they because were comic also... Comic shops weren't getting any anything from DC or Marvel. Yeah. So and basically, they, comic shops were about to go under because they're like, we have nothing new. Yeah. And SourcePoint Press started giving them books every, like, you know, every week or every month, like, so they'd have something new to give to people. Yeah. And, there was uh, also yeah, other huge. things. There was, like, some sort of discount on something, but, uh, yeah, there was lots of stuff. So they went, I mean, they, they contacted all of us creators because, obviously, like, what they sell, right. those, like, what they have is, like, a part of our royalties, and they were basically saying, like, we, you know, will you be a part of this? And I don't think anybody said no. Oh, no. Like, everybody was like, yeah. Like, I mean, I think, like, Ogre's issue number one is sold out because of this, and right. I couldn't be happier about that. You yeah. know, like, I'm glad that, you know, my, one of my books could go to be a part of like a package that was helping comic shops stay alive during COVID. Yeah, it's amazing that Travis's first thought too, and Josh and everybody's first thought was to, you know, help the shops. It wasn't even like, what are we going to do? It's like, oh my God, what is the industry going to do? Right. And that was, you know, their first thoughts and they dealt with it and things have worked out. And, you know, they kind of, they worked on taking that, comic-con feel because it's always been the creators out there on the front lines where you can meet them and interact with them that source point is built on everybody doing the grind and uh you know basically did their best to take that and put it online and there's been lots of faces bob you've been a big part of that you know what i mean you've been like uh you know you've taken a lot like of I have. social I mean, media I type like, brains you I'm know glad to be a part of it <laughs> you know and uh it's good though, you know. And now you got pros on board, like Fred here. Who's, you know, he can, he's, he's working he's, on his and, three and Instagrams while he's doing this or that. It's like, amazing, I, though, Fred. I, I see you collaborating like, with Fred. I immediately was like, I can't wait to get Ken involved in these conversations. Right, right. We got to do like, a phone call like, where we go like, over the script. Actually, we got to do that. Like where we sit down, we go over everything. The there's a lot of jokes that i made in there and i don't know if like you're gonna be like is he serious when he says i'm like no i'm like like i'm just getting into the descriptions here because i'm telling the story <laughs> to the artist the artist is telling the story to the reader so i'm using jokes i gotta well, what was make the sure one thing that you that. said where i like corrected it and i was like well i don't think that she would be feeling down at this okay yeah. there's a scene where <laughs> this is what i'm talking about i don't because it might happen again so we introduced a new character in, I think it's in the second issue this scene happens. And there's a, and she's like, she's like this woman from the outback. She's like a tracker and like, she's badass, you know, she's awesome. And so where she's super rough around the edges, like popping a big beer for breakfast, 
the guy she's with is like kind of like he's professional prim and proper. And so they're talking and she's just crushing beers. And I'm like, this chick is balling. And then, and that's what I put in the script. And then, and then Bob leaves and I was like, I think that she's very tough. I don't think she'd be crying about this. I'm like, no, no, no. Like she's balling, like B A L L I N apostrophe. She's yeah. balling. You're like, she's balling. I was like, no, I was like no, no, all right, no. now I know what I'm going to get here. Like, yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. I, I gotta, we gotta go over those because there might be more things like that in there. Oh man. Yeah. That was, that was funny. I'll never forget that. Yeah. This sounds like it's been a blast, guys. You know, doing this. Plus, today. I was, I was. Uh, just waiting for Ken to start drawing. Yeah, when are you drawing? Start drawing, Ken. The first thing that the first thing that Ken drew, though, for it was a test page of a Biggs falling out of the sky and a motorcycle scene <laughs> on a single sheet. So I was like, no, like, tell me that he can't wait to draw these two things that he asked for. Those are actually in issue three. So that could be the cover for issue three. Yeah. So you're done, Ken. You already did that. So <laughs> what's happened then? Because Kickstarter's done, right? Yeah. So now you just got to get off your asses and put everything together. And uh, it's scripted, man. I yeah, it's scripted. So we're again, Ken's going to start working on issue one. Um, I think issue two, I think we're as far into like, I just, we just got to go through issue three and four. And then I don't know, it's up to the great and powerful wizard of McIntyre to decide what we want to do. If we want to continue you- doing this through Kickstarter or if we want to distribute it through diamond but either way it will be it will be put out i think it probably will be i think uh just for uh yeah i think it'll probably be put out as as far as you can probably put it out um ken you're doing everything you're penciling you're inking you're coloring you're doing the whole shebang no i don't color I don't so so who else is involved with the team who's on the letters who's uh, on the colors bob who's on the edits what's going on here so uh, right now, I mean, I think like I don't think I have anybody editing it. I think what? we're just <laughs> Mister Mister. You specifically? I know, I know, no, 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 I know. No, no, no. We, we did a whole show. You messaged me and said, "Hey Jay, let's do an episode all about the importance of hiring an editor." And you that. and I sat down together and did an entire episode. Well, so the thing, the, the way I look at it is, I'm like, editor. I feel like having like Fred and myself. And Ken, <laughs> oh. I feel like if we brought an editor in, it would be bad. Like if I brought Drina in to edit what we're doing, she might be watching. Be like the whole thing. I think everybody would be like, "Oh, like we got rules now. Fuck this." I kind of like that. I'm feeling that vibe too. So I feel like not bringing an editor in is this book. It's probably gonna have some rough edges. But you're gonna get the wild. You're gonna be like, "This probably was it's a lot tight. of fun to put together." It's very tight. <laughs> like so it's it's a tight book like it, there's no slowing down because there's really there's two stories going on at the same time i'm not yeah. saying anything else but it's there's it, there's two stories but there's a lot of symmetry and parable going on and there's it's like really the, good. the opening line like you put it at the top of the script you can't escape your past and it's just like life is cyclical man no matter how long your life is it cycles and that plays out there's there's some really cool page layouts that I'm stoked yeah. to see. So I don't want to say anything else, but I'm really stoked to see it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Can't wait to let you down. 
Whatever. You're going to do great, man. I'm stoked. I've seen I your art. It's seen, awesome. I haven't seen a group of guys have this much fun making something since the Cauldron Boys. And all the guys over oh, there, Ricky and Shane, you know, all those boys, they're, uh, they have a blast. Same thing. They're, they're kind of, there's no rules. Like, you know, they, they, of course they have whatever rules. I want it to be good the thing quality, is, is but Shane they have so much fun. Stoner than you. Say again? I was going to say Sh- Shane sounds stoner than you, but he is much more sober. That's yeah. the wild thing. Like, think about the Makes way sense. Shane Heron talks. He yeah. said, Hey, yeah well yeah he does yeah yeah but that's he yeah he's he's very easy he's like a sunday morning for sure but that's what i love about shane you know it's uh yeah i haven't seen him in so long shane i don't know if you're out there but i miss you buddy when's the last time you saw shane he brought me a pie to work because i gave him a bunch of peppers from my garden Nice. So, yeah, we made an exchange. He made me a pie, and then Canadian. I gave him peppers. You know how the raid boys go on their retreat? Yeah, yeah. They're fancy. It was it was that weekend. I was out in Toronto with Sam Noir. We were hanging out. Uh, we were hanging out at Raid, just chilling and doing some stuff. And uh, it was ev- that was the weekend. Everybody was getting their COVID tests to be able to go up to the cottage. Yeah. And uh, it was crazy, like Marcus and everybody. Yeah, so it was it was weird. But I was hanging out with Shane and uh, Sam that weekend, and uh, it's so sad because you know Ramon puts all this hard ass work into making Raid such a beautiful place, and right when it's just pretty much ready to open and go gangbusters, boom! Here comes the uh, here comes the pandemic. What's that? What are you showing that for? That did you just get that today? That just came out. I did just get that today. Uh, our own Dirk Manning's watching right now. Oh, is he? Is and, he? Oh, there he is. Uh, yeah. Writes a hell of a book intro too. Dirk's coming on the show soon, aren't you, Dirk? Dirk, can I mention right now what's happening, or is that non announceable yet? If you're still watching, tell me in the comments. Oh, Dirk will never let you announce anything. He might. Even when he's allowed to announce it. I just don't know if it's 100% yet. Like, it's 100% for me and him, but there's another guest that, uh, a surprise, perhaps, individual who I can't mention until I'm given the absolute uh, that I can. But I think I might be able to. So, Dirk, tell me right now if you're still watching. You're still watching. What's going on? Um nice what does that tell me what does nice tell me i hope there's a leg leg. going on here um i had some uh do it do it all right uh march 29th i believe uh tony shivone is it shivone shivone is it shivone i'm blanking out i'm having it's shivone is it shivone nay 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 no yeah it's tony shivone right uh the the wrestling figure he's been like a commentator and involved in the uh, wrestling business i remember seeing him uh comment back in uh, wcw days uh he's part of aew now uh but butts in seats is his own autobiographical uh graphic novel that they're going to be putting out written by uh mr dirk manning and uh penciled by a whole bunch of people there's like uh six or seven artists on it or something like that so uh, that's pretty exciting. So they're going to come on the show and we're going to do it up. And that's uh, really cool. We'll talk about the wrestling biz and the comic biz because he's a big comic fan, too. So he wanted to, uh, you know, put his life in comics. Shivani. It is an E. I thought there might be Shiv on E. Tony Shivani. I thought so because it was Tony and a Shivani. And it was an E and an E. You know what I mean? 
So that works out well. But I'm very excited to meet Mr. Shivani and uh, have Dirk back to the show. So we're going to do that. Actually, you know what? Can I tell you something here? I got an insane lineup coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'll mention. I got Peter Bro. I got uh, Richard Davis. I got Graham Miserak. Kids, Yuki versus Panda. Now with Source Point Press. That is... That's my proudest schmooze of all the schmoozes I've ever schmoozed was uh, bringing forth the relationship between Source Point Press and Yuki versus Panda. I came across Graham when I started this podcast 10 fucking years ago. Okay. And uh, he was early on around and met him at shows, uh, G- old G- GTA cons and stuff back in like 2013, 14. And he asked me for a quote or maybe just took a quote from one of the shows. And I remember going and I saw his banner at the shows and it had a quote from an elegant weapon on his fucking banner. And I couldn't even believe it. And the quote was uh, not at all what I was fucking expecting, but he had like the fucking, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the asterisks and everything uh, or something like that. Not at all what I fucking expected or something like that. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't what I expected, but I love that book. And I'm, I'm so proud and happy that this is happening. They're also making a cartoon and an animated version of Yuki versus Panda. Um, I can't remember who's doing it, but that's crazy. And Source Points also got Franklin, uh, Franklin and Ghost, which is going to be an animated show unto itself. When are they going to make a cartoon out of your ship, Bob? I, I mean, I'm, I keep raising my hand. <laughs> sure you do he's giving bob shit because he brought me on telling me there was netflix money in this <laughs> I, I told him that i was like listen i'm like this thing's got netflix written all over it <clears throat> oh something crazy is gonna happen like travis is probably gonna want to take uh fred's uh star wars uh audio dramas and start laying them down on wax or some shit and then they're gonna i got a message from figures. disney about those by the way Ooh. Well, let me know when the round of auditions for the no, next chapter like are. No, it's going to happen and Disney's buying it. It's just like <laughs> Disney made clear to mention they were very aware that I was doing it. Wow. They're, but it, yeah, so. The, that's like can, that's like when, uh, you know, in The Godfather, when he's like, listen, I know you're selling yeah, drugs you get, in my neighborhood. We're not down with it. Like Disney's like, we see what you're doing and we want you to know. And we see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much. They're very good with their license because they can tell that it's like a labor of love, and they're. It's very much like, don't go selling things. <laughs> don't go yes, to make right. Merch. There's a toy store, a toy store in Hamilton here, and uh, you know I won't mention names and stuff, but a great shop, wonderful shop. Um, and they years ago were having just some kind of little sale or some kind of contest or something on like their website. Uh, and this was like decade plus ago. And they had an image of Boba Fett on there uh, just for like a little contest. It was nothing like, you know, they're trying to blow up or anything. And they, and an email was sent from Lucasfilm asking him to remove it from the website and stuff. Well, my react, my interaction yeah. has been very positive and, I think that like they're they're so used to it. I mean, Daniel Warren Johnson doing Green Leader, which I don't know if you've read Green Leader, but it's like, buddy, it's amazing. Okay, anybody that hasn't read it, the context. Remember the scene in Return of the Jedi where the A wing like suicides into the bridge. Yeah. Like, see the camera effect there, <laughs> right into the bridge. 
he did a comic all about that pilot and the events leading up to that whole event. And it's about 12 pages and it is, it's Danny Warren Johnson. So it's really good. <laughs> like it's really, really good. I encourage everybody, if That's you can cool. find it, snag a copy. I mean, he's doing it and everyone's aware that people love star Wars. And as long as you're embracing the love of the product, they're super good about that stuff. So, yeah. So uh, clearly nice. you love it too. I can see your lightsabers in the background. That's just a couple. Yeah. I have 86. Oh, I own 86 lightsabers and I can only fit four on my wall with my other shit. But, uh, you know, we'll deal with that somehow in the future. And that's a long old school collection. You want to see actually, uh, you know what? I'll show you some. I know. Shouldn't have mentioned the lightsabers. No, I'm just going to show you one of my prized lightsabers. I shouldn't be picking this up. This is a 1981 droids cartoon lightsaber still in package. Most of them came purple and this one is green. So this is one of my prizes. Just thought I'd share that with you kids. People always are like, you know, they think it's like my like crazy replica ones, the ones that, you know, work and light up and they look like they're real and stuff. And people think are like the prizes of the collection, but no, it's this guy right here. So yeah, just thought I'd share that because lightsabers are awesome. Um, okay, uh, that's wonderful comic book talk. Uh, Fred, if you don't mind, there is something I got to ask you. Uh-oh. Okay, Because, you know, it's nothing, nothing crazy, but, you know, I'm all, I've always admired uh, your uh, rate of productivity in this world, considering yeah. all the things you have that go on in your life, you know, and, uh, you know, all the things that are on your plate and on your schedule. Um, when you do like, you know, when we see you make like a video for Instagram and yeah. it'll be like you just talking about of some fan mail you got or a question or something. Oh, listener complaint theater. Yeah. Li yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just for anybody, sorry, in the States who doesn't know, Fred is on the radio here and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's yapping away on there. Um, and, uh, I'm just like curious about, cause you're doing that all the time and then fitness videos and then your actual job is on air. So are you so comfortable with the scheduling that you can literally bust off one of those during like a commercial yeah. or is it the end of your shift or how do you do all of this without ever seeming stressed or frantic about it? If you front load, you don't have to worry about it when it's happening. So I'm going to, the best advice I ever got in life is, and it's for, was from my very first radio boss. Uh, his name's Darren Harvey. He works at K-Rock in oh, yeah? Nova Scotia. Okay. Uh, and he, he told me, always go, always know where you're going next. And that's it. So if you always know what's coming next, even if what you're doing completely implodes, throw it away, go to the next thing. So if you always know where you're going next, you don't have anything to worry about. So when I'm in the studio, when I get to work, I prep. I get all my content ready. I map everything out. I don't ever like, it's not like I have to stick to my prep, like where it's going to be. But as long as it's there, it's like a safety net. I know what I need to do. So then once that's done, and sometimes it's easier than other days, depending on the news cycle and how much ridiculous things are happening. Lately, it's been very serious, which has made it hard because no one wants to be serious when things are super serious. But then once that's done, I like map out all the times where I'll be able to like record videos and do all that stuff. So it's really just making sure I know where I'm going ahead. Listener complaint theater, which you brought up is where I 
interact so with great. somebody sending hate mail, which happens all the time. <laughs> but it's not very often that you get like good, like you can fish kind of hate mail where they don't know that you're just like just playing with them. Yeah. And so you just you fish. And I haven't gotten a really good one since like November, I don't think. But it's I just read the email Shakespearean style. I can't because I have to yell it. I can't do it because my kids are upstairs asleep. But it's like it's very involved and it's all in one take. And it's it to me is very therapeutic. It's because it, it's just it's always really enjoyable because they always number one, they always think they're smarter than you. Like right. always. Number two, they just, they don't know when to stop swinging. And it's, it's, that's the best. <laughs> like that's when it's fun. Like they just, right. Like, and they're like, I have been listening since 1978 and you are the worst radio announcer I've ever heard. I'm like, yes, that's 19. Yeah, that is saying something. Thank Eight. you. I feel like I've done something. Well, you shouldn't, you should quit. I can't. I have a mortgage. I don't know what. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we get it. You don't like me very much. Well, it was a trip, man. We talked about this one uh, another time you were on the show, how you are unique. You know, it's not like you're like this guy, you know, you're not like, no. hey, Q107. But I've Toronto. worked for guys like, oh, want to hear a great story? Yeah, but hold so, on. But hold on. Hold on. I was just saying there the, that though, because I remember, you know, uh, when you first came on you the hated radio me here. when I started, you said you hated me when I started. No, I didn't hate you. I was just weirded out by you. I was just exactly. like, I don't get this. This is, it's just, you didn't sound like a guy who'd be on the radio, but you know, you, you just keep listening and eventually you get to know who you are and you're like, Oh, okay. But you just, it's just, you're so unique. It's different. You know, I didn't I, hate it. When though. I started in I the hate 90s, you now that still, I've gotten to know you, but like in the nineties, it was still like the big booming voice. Hey, right. Oh shit. you can do overnights from 2 a.m to 5 that's all you get to do because your voice is terrible so that's what you do now so that was like well, that was how i started there's a guy brother jake who was like one of those like hey brother and it's like <laughs> he talked like that like real life and when i met him i was like oh my god your brother jake i sure am brother jake <laughs> and it's like oh cool what's it like having you know gone through puberty don't worry kid keep smoking doobies and drinking coffee you'll sound like this one day soon <laughs> sure sure i think it was just a matter of you really are conditioned you know what i mean i felt like i was so conditioned <laughs> to what a radio guy should sound like that you know it was it was it was weird it was just hard to get used to but then you started talking nerd shit like right away Mm-hmm. And I remember that because that's what was cool is that you came on the edge and you instantly started talking comic books and stuff. That's how I met Adam Gorham. Okay. He, I was doing a break about uh, Blackest Night at the time. And he messaged me like, hey, you like comics? I just did a comic. It's called Vampire Conspiracy. That's a, that's a true story. Adam Gorham's first comic is Vampire Conspiracy. And he called me awesome. to get me to talk about it on the radio. And then we started working together because of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. He's had a big couple of years going on too, right? You could say that. Yeah. 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 He's got that new book coming out. Um, uh, the blue flame. Yeah. With Vault. And it's, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of art and it's that guy's amazing. Not only is it amazing. 
he's just a fantastic human being. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He's just he's on yeah. my list of like two. He's so gentle. You know? Yeah, he's, we gotta like we gotta bring in Bob and Ken. We're just talking Toronto stuff, <laughs> being jerky oh, Canadian sorry, pompous. Coming out of that is just like. You know, it's, I'm hoping like by the end of this year, like your list of people that you like is going to be five. I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, just, that like, all stemmed out of just being like, you know, because I, I just, I'm always looking for tips on how to help organize these things. Cause I like to be productive. It's because Adam's uh, kids get along with my kids and his wife gets along with my wife. It's just, it's a very like symbiotic relationship. And he lives just down the road. <laughs> it all works out well. Um, yeah, a lot of the community is tight. So what, you guys, just Boston's lame, eh? No love for anybody. But your kids don't like each other or what the what the shit? You got kids going on, Ken? Uh, yeah, mine are old. His kid's 21, my kid's Yeah, my son just turned 21. Yeah, so it's hard to coordinate that play date. <laughs> yeah. My daughter's 25, so Bob's probably trying to move in with her. What What's the state of Boston right now? It's open. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not as much it's not it's not so much florida but it's definitely not canada yeah, i can just go to my gym i don't need to wear a mask I yeah just, we don't have to we don't have to pull the time at our gym what? we just walk in america's just like screw it right like, i mean it seems like it's kind of like that right now people are just tired of it That's yeah you know, how, you know how americans are no, you know, it's you no, 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 something. no, We're like, we're tired of doing that. No, we don't like your taxes anymore. We're going to stop paying them. People are like tired too, man. Anymore. We're going to stop wearing them. People are tired too. And it's a real hard sense of it right now. Um, I think our just governments are, you know, we, we are so fuck you to our governments as easily for some reason here. Um, but dude, it's yeah. People Legal are very weed aggro. and socialized medicine. That's the issue. <laughs> One That's good it. thing that did happen with Corona, though, is I am making a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> My wife works for Canadian Blood Services. She's doing all right right now. Yeah, I call it the Rona Bucks. <laughs> it's Insane. terrible to talk about. But. I also wanted to shout this out. This is tatted smoke order order oh, more exterminator money. candle. I, I might even approach these people for sponsorship. They are not, I'm not being paid for this one in any way, but I might approach these people because I bought this and I did not believe it would it would work, but it's like smoke exterminator order stuff. And I was like, you know, what is it? Probably just mask it a bit or whatever. This shit is insane. I you we it's so good that I probably shouldn't be breathing whatever's coming out of it. And it should probably be only lit for the time that I'm lit. But honestly, it's like like two minutes like later and your your room is just smelling like fucking lavender. And I don't understand how it works, but somehow it literally it does some amazing things because I'm kind of in this t- tiny old apartment right now. And, uh, you know, I don't want to smoke out the building or anything. But, uh, yeah, if anybody's curious, try this shit. It's fucking incredible. But uh, it's already been kickstarted, so there's nothing to really plug. Um, you've basically come on here to say you haven't well, wait a minute. I actually do have done it yet. <laughs> I do have one Fred's done his part. From what I understand, Fred's done his part, so th- things have been passed along to Ken to begin his part. No, no, no. Right now, um, Broken Gargoyles, the collected trade, is we, in whoa. Previews World. <laughs> Where did Broken so you Gargoyles can, you come can from? Now, you can go to any local comic shop and you can order the collected trade of Broken Gargoyles. 
And then next month, if you can see this beautiful thing behind me. It's gorgeous. That is the cover of Broken Gargoyles, Sin and Virtue number one. And that is Francesco Francavela, who did this cover. <laughs> I think I just butchered his name. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to be coming out in April. So Broken Gargoyles is continuing. Um, very excited about that whole story. Remember when you said earlier tonight about somebody critiquing you and just saying, oh, it's like Marvel level shit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, remember I said that when you let me read that shit? I was like, this is a fucking game changer. I, yeah, I appreciate that. It, well, it's, it fucking, it's, it changed some game, man. That fucking, I can't wait for more. Really, it's, yeah. it's, it's I just love that stuff. I think you finally Dude, grew I'm up, Bob. Like, I'm getting like the wife look. I got to pull the pan. Oh, yeah, we've kind of going on. Yeah, that's usually how things end up. Let me end her off then. Uh, everybody, that's uh, Shelter Division. That's Fred Kennedy, Ken Perry, and Bob Sally. Check them out all over online. That's what they do. Get the book. Uh, if you're on the Kickstarter, you got the book already coming. But uh, other than that, kids, uh, I believe that is all we are going to have this evening on an elegant weapon. So, Thackeris. Thank you. Bye. Get out of here, Fred. Go Love do you guys. I'm sorry. Sorry, I ruined everything. sorry Mrs. I ruined. Kennedy. No, just, I, I'll talk to you guys later. Live on Facebook. You. you know, we could just let him go. I don't even know where my damn theme song went. It should be playing here. Maybe I paused it out. Should we just keep chatting? So how's it going, guys? How are we feeling? There's still five people watching. Look, we Dirk Manning's all like, bring it all on. He just yeah. wants us to plug something. Nobody's given up on us yet. I think we're going to go, though. It's uh, it's right. getting late, kids. Uh, let's see if I can get this going properly here. I love there you guys. we go. Remember that this is the Slackers off the Boss Harmony Sessions, the greatest Jamaican rock and roll band in the history of the world. Uh, check them out online at the Slackers, Boss Harmony Sessions, available all over the place. Feel it. Dance it. Love it. Bob, Ken, stay safe out there. Uh, in the past, and, and uh, yeah, love you guys, miss you, kids. That's all we're gonna have this week. You're gonna love the weapon. Take it, is.